morning. It's good to see you all. Um, you ready for summer? Because it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and uh, be praying for our uh, high schoolers. Uh, they start their camp uh, tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to get to uh, spend some time with them and go out there. So I'm just excited to, to see them. And wasn't it great, too, to just see all the baptisms this morning? Wasn't that? That was awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, as Stacy was saying, we're, we are starting this brand new uh, series. And it's all about the decisions uh, that we make. And, you know, more, uh, most often when we think about decisions, uh, we think about those big decisions. We think about uh, the decisions uh, that maybe have a lot of impact on our lives. I was going through um, some paperwork, some uh, folders and stuff this past week, and I came across uh, this piece of paper that my mom had drawn out, and it was the family tree on her side of the family. And so I was kind of looking at this thing and just, you know, as I'm going through the papers. And it's interesting. I think it was her grandparents, and she had a little note on there. Her grandparents um, moved to this uh, little bitty town in southern Arizona back in, I think it was the 1930s, called Tucson. Yeah, think about Tucson back in the 1930s, little bitty town. And I was just sitting there looking at that and just kind of reminiscing and whatever. And then it, like, it kind of dawned on me. I was like, wow, they made this decision. I forgot where they moved from. They made this decision to move here to Tucson. And you know, if they wouldn't have made that decision, decades later, my mom, right, who wasn't even born at that time, uh, right, um, wouldn't have been at a little roller rink here in Tucson when she met my dad. Like if they wouldn't have moved to Tucson, I wouldn't even be a human being, right? That's just, I thought, man, I'm glad they decided to move to Tucson, <laughs> you know, because here I am, right? And so it's like, and you think about those decisions, sometimes you're like, wow, what an impactful decision. And we think about our own lives and maybe we think about just a few of those big decisions here or there. But as you think about this series, I want you to think beyond just a few big decisions uh, in this, because that's where we normally go. I, but I, I want you to think about all the small decisions, because I thought about it, I thought, you know, there's probably lots of little decisions that they made that led to them uh, coming here to Tucson. And there were lots of little decisions that they made um, to start their own family and to do all these other things and decisions about going to roller rinks eventually, you know, and just like, there's all of these little decisions. And when you think about all those little decisions, they add up. In fact, when you think about all those small decisions, they make up your life. All of your small decisions end up leading to the life that is your life in there. They matter. And all of a sudden, when you begin to think about the impact of your decisions, right? All your decisions, they're, they're kind of like the steering wheel of your life. And they guide your life and where you're going. And, and here's the thing. Better decisions will create a better life, right? If all, if, if all those little decisions add up to what your life is, then when you think about it, better decisions kind of across the board will equal a better life for you. So that naturally leads to the question of like, man, how do, like, if we make all these decisions, how do we make better decisions? Because there are so many decisions that we make impulsively. There are so many decisions that we make uh, that we're not even aware of. So how do we go about making better decisions, whether they're big decisions or small decisions? And 
there's something that my dad taught me uh, way back when, starting when I was very, very young, uh, that I realized was really important for making good decisions. And he had this phrase that he would use. And you know, like all dads have like a couple of phrases and their kids grow up going, oh yeah, you know, and you hear that phrase and it just, it takes you back to, to you know, your childhood or whatever. So one of those phrases that my dad used to say to me a lot, and for good reason, uh, he would say, calm and poise, stay calm and poise. The other phrase he used to say was, panic, you die, right? And the reason he said these things to me was because I was a very active young kid, always doing things where if I panic, I might die because I was climbing on things and building things and just like in general, making lots of decisions that could get me in trouble faster than I could get out of trouble. And so he would use this phrase, stay calm and poised. And I think, I see my dad right. You remember saying this to me all the time, dad? Yes. Calm and poised. He's got a funny grin on his face. Yeah. Calm and poised, calm and poised. At which point, so often in my life, after he would say calm and poised, there would be a series of questions that he would ask me uh, all of the time. And they were always different things that, you know, like, you know, Glenn, Calm and poise, calm and poise. Um, like, so what would happen if you fell off that ladder right now, right? And I'm, you know, I'm like, well, I, wow, boy, you think about it, I'd fall right over there into that cactus patch or whatever, yeah. And what would keep a ladder from falling over? Like, maybe both legs should be on the ground, you know, and I've got, what, like one leg wiggling around on some loose gravel on an incline, you know, like this. And all of a sudden it's like, well, I should probably stabilize this ladder a little bit better right now, right? And he would ask me all these questions. And, of course, he did this because, again, I could get myself in trouble really fast. And so I grew up, uh, you know, hearing calm and poised, calm and poised. What I did not realize until recently was I have a very particular definition of poise, that probably no one else has. I just grew up hearing calm and poise and then would hear my dad ask all these questions. So I grew up, it wasn't until recently, this is kind of embarrassing. It wasn't until recently that I did not understand that poise didn't mean the questions that you ask that help give you a sense of calmness. I was talking to someone about this and I, somehow it came up and they're like, poise, like, and they go, I just always thought of poise as like gracefulness or, you know, smoothness or like elegance. And I was like, what? No, it's, and then I looked it up and I was like, <laughs> I've had it wrong all these years. <clears throat> I didn't realize poise doesn't mean the questions you ask, right? To get you to a place of calmness. Now, it's a great lesson, right? And if you want to borrow the Bartow definition of poise, <laughs> I guess you can, um, but don't miss the lesson. Here's what I learned. When I learned how to ask those questions that my dad always asked me, guess what? I made better decisions. Yeah, and my dad was just trying to keep us out of the ER as much. That's all he was trying to do. Um, but I learned that there's this thing about if you pause and ask some questions, it's crazy how much better your decision-making skills begin to climb, right? And if you ask good questions or better questions, all of a sudden, your answers, which lead to your decisions, become much better decisions. Hence, the whole thing behind this series is better questions better decisions. And so there can be a moment where it's like, oh gosh, I don't know what to decide here in this moment. Or you get ready to make an impulsive decision on something and maybe it's not the best decision in the world. 
But if you'll pause and ask some better questions, you'll find that you get better answers. You'll make better decisions. And what do you get when you make better decisions? A better what? Life. Yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, some questions. Each week we're going to go through this series and we're going to take a different question that is a, just a really good question to ask, uh, to ponder, to work through. And if you do that, it will lead to better decisions, which lead uh, to a better life. So join us as we walk through this this summer um, and all of us can become decision, better decision makers and, and, and build a better kind of life. So uh, this morning, here's the question that I want to uh, talk about, and it's this. Am I being honest with myself? Now, I want you to hang with me on this because there's a part of it you can just go, ah, oh, am I being honest with myself? That just feels like a little theoretical or that feels, that just, I, I'm not, that doesn't grab me as like really practical. But I promise you it is. And also, it, there's something about it if, if, you're, if we're not being honest with ourselves, it will mess up all the other questions that we're going to talk about through this series. So learning to pause and ask this question about, am I being honest with myself, um, is a really important one. Because in more ways than we realize, we can slip into moments where we're, where we're not being as honest with ourselves. For example, uh, a while back, um, I was working uh, in my garage and I went to listen to some music. I had my computer nearby and sometimes I'll listen to music. I'll just like go to YouTube and like you can like listen to music on YouTube. And so I was just going to do that thing. I'm in my garage working. I turn on YouTube. But of course, YouTube, they like always have like the commercial beforehand where it, where like the, yes, and it goes down. And you got to wait like five seconds and then you got to click the button, skip ad, or you have to listen to the whole ad. And I hate listening to the ads. So um, I turned it on, started going, and I just had already gotten my hands dirty and I was just like looking for something to like wipe off my hands because I wanted to click that button on there, like skip ad. And the advertisement came up and it was this guy talking about a drone, right? The, this drone. And he's just like, there's this kind of drone, um, you know, that is so good. And I'm just like, nah. And then I'm looking at the video. I'm like, wow, that's some really cool footage of that drone, right? And then he says, and I used to work for a huge company making these drones and they used inferior products. And I've made a drone that's like amazing. And I'm looking at this picture and I'm like, and I still don't have my hands clean. I'm just like, eh, I'll give it a shot. We'll see what he has to say, right? And so he starts talking about this thing and how he worked for this company and they used inferior products and he started building drones and he started using space age technology and materials on his drone. Like, wow! Of course, you think about it, right? Space age technology and space age products could be like plastic, right? That's, you know, and and then how... He's going to undercharge what they used to overcharge and went through all this stuff. And I'm listening to this thing. And after like two minutes, and I'm embarrassed to say this, I was like, wow, having never wanted a drone before, I'm like, I'm going to buy one. I went over there and I clicked on it and I bought a drone. Now, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah y'all know where this is going, right? And you're like, no, Glenn, you didn't. You didn't. Yes, I did. Yes, I got a drone from a company I don't know the name of. Still don't know the name of this company, right? I get the drone, I'm so excited. I open it up, I charge it up. I go out in our front yard. I'd like to say it lasted like two minutes, but it was more like 20 seconds because it didn't even make it halfway across the, the cul-de-sac in front of my house and just goes, and landed. 
and it's never worked again. Yeah, synced it up to my phone. Now that I think about it, some company over in Beijing is downloading all my information off my phone right now, probably. Right? Um, and I was like, what? Oh, and I went to this thing and I'm like, I'm calling the company, right? And of course, there was some sticker on it for a company that did not exist. But when I peeled that up, there was another like marker for a company there. And apparently they don't exist either. And it's just like, and I'm just like, and there were all these things. And what I realized is that day in my garage, right? There was a part of me, I wasn't being honest with myself in that moment. Here's what I mean by this, right? I was selling myself on this thing because there are all of these questions. I thought about this later after I bought the drone and it stopped working. I was like, you know, if one of my adult children would have come to me and said, dad, I'm thinking about getting a drone. I would have said, how long have you been thinking about getting a drone? In the last 20 seconds or longer? And then I would have said, and where do you plan on getting this drone? Like, what's the company like? What's it gonna cost? What's it, how do you know it's reliable? I would have had all of these questions I would have asked my kids. Guess how many of those questions I asked myself? None of them. Because that doesn't work when you're trying to sell yourself on something that you don't really want, but you think you want it maybe for another reason. But like, if you don't want to go down that path, because that'll wreck the moment, right? Because you're selling yourself on this thing. So that's what I was doing in that moment. And the truth is, when we're selling ourselves on something like that, we're not being honest with ourselves, right? There, there was something in that, mo- in that moment where I'm like, oh, I want one of those that I wasn't being honest about the reasons why or what was happening with me. I just wasn't being honest. Now, not a huge deal that I bought that drone, although it's a little embarrassing, and I sure would have loved to have spent the money on something different, right? But, but what happens when we add up decisions where we're, where we're making a decision, whether it's about relationships or finances or our schedule or things that we're going to do, and, and there's this part of us where we're selling ourselves on something. That's the drone, yeah. That's, the, that's right. Yeah. It's not working so well, is it? Yeah. <clears throat> that's right. Yeah, we had this thing. The drone was going to come out and do this whole thing. But no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, we, we do this to ourselves uh, at, at different points. Um, and... And there's a part where it's, and even afterwards, I like, I wanted to blame like, you know, oh man, that company, that commercial. Why did YouTube let that commercial on there, right? And I know better. Um, But the thing was, it's just, I wasn't being honest with myself completely in what was going on with this thing. It's interesting when you look at the New Testament. Um, There's this kind of warning that you see in the New Testament, all through the New Testament, different places. And it's this, and it, and it occurs with different issues, and you see it with different authors. And it's this simple thing. Don't let yourself be deceived. Other places it says, don't deceive yourself. In fact, in uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 3, he comes right out, and they're talking about this, uh, this whole issue about how they're treating each other. And he says, don't, um, don't deceive yourselves. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Because most often we would think about like, well, gosh, if, there, like if there's an admonition like that, it would be like, don't deceive other people, right? Don't be dishonest with somebody else. And I think we sometimes forget that it's, that it's not just other people we can be dishonest with. In fact, we're probably more aware of moments when we're being dishonest with someone else than ourselves, 
we can be dishonest with ourselves. And so when it comes to making decisions, it becomes important to say, am I being honest with myself? Because if I'm not being honest with myself, I'm, gonna, I'm believing something or I'm basing a decision off of something, right, that, uh, that will more than likely come back to create some regret. Like in your front yard and you watch that drone just take a nosedive in the middle of the cul-de-sac, right? You'll have those uh, moments. Um, there's a great example of this. There's a passage of scripture I want us to uh, look at here. And it's about the Apostle Peter. There's something that unfolds here. And this is found in Matthew, Matthew chapter 26. While you're turning there, let me just give you a little bit of background. This is uh, near the end of Jesus' ministry. And he's, Jesus is preparing his disciples for just this moment where uh, this is not going to go the way they expect at first. That he's got to be arrested. And he's going to die on a cross, right? And this is not what the disciples were hoping to hear, right? They're, they're hoping to hear, you're going to take over, Jesus, right? He's like, okay, not going to work that way. And so he's walking them through this and that, they, that they're going to become so discouraged uh, that they're, they're actually going to abandon him in, in this uh, moment. And I want you to just watch what happens here with, with Peter. So he starts off this. Look at verse 31, Matthew chapter 26, verse 31. Then Jesus told them, this very night, you all will fall away on account of me. Guys, it's like there, you've got, there's doubts that you have, and those are going to be, you know, pushed to the surface. You're going you're gonna to have some fears. It's going to feel overwhelming. Like it, and this is like a very graceful thing for Jesus to do in this moment, to say, I want you to know, I still love you. And I'm acknowledging what's going to happen here, but, but like we're still good. I love you. He even goes on and he quotes um, a passage out of Zechariah uh, where it talks about what's going to happen to him and the disciples. It says this, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, Jesus being the the shepherd, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Like this is what's going to happen. And he goes on and he's explaining this. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Now, at this moment, something striking happens, right? Jesus is trying to walk them through this whole thing. And before Jesus finishes explaining, Peter interrupts. And look at what Peter says here. Verse 33. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will, right? So Jesus is like, guys, all of you, all of you are going to go through this thing and like you're going to be scattered. You're going to run. And there's this thing going on in Peter where he interrupts and he goes, no, 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 no. Maybe these guys will, like, you know, you, you, you like, but not me. I won't do it, right? In this moment, and you can feel why, like, there's this tension. Think about Peter. It's like, I, right, and this would be true of all the disciples. They don't want to be thought of as, well, it's going to get hard, and then we're going to run and abandon you, right? They want to be thought of as, Jesus, we'll be loyal to you. We'll be loyal to you at the end. Jesus, I'm not afraid, right? Whatever happens, on account of you, I'm going to be there, right? And, and the issue here is that we know is that what? Peter's going to actually betray Jesus later, right? Peter isn't going to be the guy he thinks he is here in this moment. So he asks the question, well, was Peter, was he lying to Jesus in this moment? Well, no, I mean, not in the sense that he knowingly was lying to Jesus. But who was he lying to? Himself, that's right. 
Because as you read this, you, it's emphatic. In fact, in the Greek, it carries this idea. Like, it's, he's impassioned about this. He believes this. It's just he's not being honest, right? He doesn't even let Jesus finish his sentence and like, no, I won't do this. This like, he believes this. But that doesn't mean it's honest to the truth of who he is in this moment. It goes on. Um, and it says this, uh, here's where Jesus uh, steps in. I love what Jesus does here. Um, look at verse 34. Jesus then replies, I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times, he says, right? And of course, Peter responds to this. Look at verse 35. But Peter declared, even if I have to die, right? He doubles down on it, right? Jumps right back in. Wait, no, 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 no. Even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And what I want you to notice here in this moment is, right, there's real conviction here. It's just, it's an impulsive kind of conviction. It's an impulsivity that doesn't go deep. In fact, what you see here is there's no moment that Peter pauses, right? Jesus, think of this, like Jesus, like he interrupts Jesus and like, no, Jesus, I won't do this. And then Jesus interrupts him. Okay, Peter, actually you are. That would have been a great moment, wouldn't it? For Peter to have gone, hmm, let me just think here. The son of God just disagreed with me in this moment. Um, Maybe I should pause and let his words just soak into my brain here a little bit. Maybe if this seems really foreign to me, this would be a great moment to say, well, Jesus, I've got a few questions for you right now. But does he do that? No. He like immediately doubles down and just sticks to like the story that he's already got in his mind. There's no pause, which means there's no question that comes out in this moment. And here's the other thing I want you to get out of this. It's not just Peter that has the capacity to not be honest with himself. It's me. It's you. Like part of being human is that we have all of these competing things, uh, right? We are complicated beings. We're intellectual. We're emotional. We have sets of values. And there can be things going on that at the same time um, that Peter wants to be loyal to Christ, there's a part of him that is afraid that if he's loyal to Christ to the end, that maybe that'll cost him in a way that he doesn't want to pay for that. And so he's, he's like, there's a lot going on inside of there. But there's a lot going on inside of you and me. And when, we're, when we don't pause and take a moment to, to ask questions about what is really going on, it's hard to make a good decision. Like, what would have happened if Peter would have paused and said, you know, I've got this fear of what the other guys in the room will think of me if they think I would give up too easily. So I've got to push forward a persona that, ah, I'll even die before I'll give up Jesus. But I wonder if that was more about managing his image in front of those other disciples. I wonder if it was more about managing an image for himself. If to ask a question in that moment would have been like, man, I've got these struggles and these doubts. When Jesus keeps talking about how he's got to go to the cross and die, that worries me. That confuses me. I, I, like, I was kind of wanting, like, 
But he never does that. And so he never has a chance in this moment to do something different. And he ends up making a very different kind of decision. Right? With that drone, I never paused. Right? Sitting there in the garage, if I would have only paused, if I would have taken my dad's, you know, advice and just for a moment been, you know, poised in a Bartow kind of poised way, I guess, and just said, hmm, maybe I should ask some questions. I might have made, in fact, I'm sure I would have made a very different kind of decision in all of this. And we've all experienced this, right? We've all had moments where we didn't pause and we made a relational decision. We took a step toward a relationship in some way. And if we would have only paused, we would have said, oh my gosh, that, there are so many red flags in this relationship. Like I, like, I shouldn't be going on another date with this person, but there's something in you and you don't pause, you don't ask. It's just like you're drawn to it. And then weeks later, months later, you're just like, what was I thinking? You weren't. You were just reacting. Because you never asked the question. Or maybe it was a financial decision. Or maybe it was one, uh, you know, a relational question within your family or, or something like that. And it played out in a negative way. And here's the thing. Honesty matters. Honesty with yourself matters. Because we all have the capacity to be dishonest. We've all experienced this in ways um, that end up having an impact, don't they? Maybe you experienced it in a moment in your family where you grew up in a family where, um, I don't know, maybe your dad, you watched him struggle with depression or anxiety, but he couldn't be honest about it. And because he wasn't honest about it, it never got dealt with. But it wasn't just him that suffered for years and years and years. It, it impacted your family, didn't it? And it played out in weird ways. Or maybe... Maybe it was a friend, um, and that friend is not honest about the exhaustion or the worry that they're going through because they feel like they've got to be strong and they don't want to appear weak. And you see it, but they won't be honest about it. And because they're not honest about it, like you, you can't help them. There's, you don't, in fact, when you try and bring it up, they get mad at you. They push back. And you see what it's doing to them. Or maybe, maybe growing up it was your mom who something happened and uh, inadvertently she became addicted to pain meds but couldn't, couldn't admit that that's what was going on. But I bet it played out if that's what happened in your family, didn't it? It became like the family secret. It became the thing. And it just, and in a real negative way, it played out. This is the power of decisions that are made when we're not honest with ourselves. Other things become the drivers and those other things rarely drive us toward a better life, don't they? Even though sometimes being honest is really scary. I bet it would have been terrifying for Peter in that moment to say, okay, Jesus, to be really honest, I'm terrified of what you're saying and what that means. I'm scared. But I promise you that would have been the best next step to him making a better decision, wouldn't it? Because the truth is, for as much as we have the capacity to be dishonest with ourselves, we have the ability to be honest with ourselves. 
you know, the beautiful thing about the story with Peter is Jesus comes back around and actually walks this through with Peter. And there's a lesson for us in this too, that there's nothing that Jesus isn't willing to walk with us through. And as Jesus walks Peter through this, there's this great moment. You should read it uh, sometime. Uh, after his resurrection, and Peter, of course, is denied Jesus uh, th those three times that Jesus predicted. Peter is in the worst, I mean, he is in the worst place because he feels like an utter total failure. Jesus shows up and walks him through this thing in this thing where he asks him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? And what Peter gets to do is he gets to be honest before Jesus in a moment where the truth is out there. And what Peter sees is, in a moment of being truthful and honest, even with what Peter would hate to admit, it did not change the love and the acceptance that Jesus had for him. I promise you, friends, there is no place safer in this world to be honest than with Jesus. And that becomes this beautiful beginning point of Peter going into actually becoming a very different kind of human being. In fact, Peter will go on to become someone that was quite willing to die for Jesus. Went on to become someone that was quite bold in real ways. But part of it starts with, like, we've gotta, we've gotta ask the question, am I being honest with myself? Because that's also powerful. Because some of you, some of you, you grew up in a family where like maybe, and again, maybe it was your dad, maybe it was your mom, and they struggled with that depression. They struggled with that anxiety, but they were honest about it. And what happened? They got help. And you grew up, right, in a family where they became a role model for how, that, that it's okay that God can walk you through those things. Maybe they, maybe your dad went and got counseling and you watched the benefit of that. And what you look back on was the beauty of some decisions that were made because your dad was honest with himself. Or maybe it was a, maybe it was a sibling or your mom or a close friend and they had that struggle with addiction, but they were honest with it and they got the help they needed. And that couldn't have been fun to admit that. But you watched as it created a different kind of life for them and for you. See, that's, that's why this question about am I being honest is so important. And it's important for little things and big things. It's important, right? It would have made all the difference in the world that day I was sitting out there in my garage if I would have been a little bit more honest, paused, asked some questions. Like It would have gone differently, wouldn't have it? So... Here, here's what I want to do. I want to wrap up my time here and I want to just talk about some practical ways of being honest, how to ask that question. And let me say this, before, before I get to the practicality of this, I am sure that there are a few of you right now that are like, Glenn, <clears throat> I have made so many bad decisions for so long over my life, like it's too late. Like it's just... I, like I'm sitting here and I'm just feeling full of shame and guilt and depression because I feel like if I look at my life, I just see so many bad decisions over good decisions. It's like, why bother? And what I want to say is, what I want to say is, there is never a moment where it is too late to start making good decisions by asking good questions, starting with, am I being honest with myself? 
Because Jesus is always there, ready to walk with you, walk with me, wherever we are. That there is something good and beautiful in front of you. Don't believe the lie that it's too late. Because I promise you, it's not. It wasn't for Peter. It's not for me. It's not for you, right? Make good decisions. So start with this. Three things, three things uh, to, uh, to, with this one. The first one is simply this, is pause, pause. Learn how to pause before you act. There are so many times where we make decisions, right? Um, and, and even if it's a pause for a short moment to say, do I need to ask some questions here? Learn how to pause. Um, <clears throat> this past week, I was uh, working on my house and I, uh, we were removing a piece, uh, like a built-in piece of furniture that actually had an outlet that was wired into it. So I pull it out and I've got to unwire this outlet and then rewire it into a different place. And so I start taking it apart and I pull the, you know, the outlet out of the box and I'm getting ready and I'm like, I can do this. Like, this is no big deal. Like, I, like if I'm really careful and I don't touch all the wires and do this thing, I'll just undo this, right? Right there. I know. But guess what I did this time? I was all by myself. No one in my family was there. I was all by myself. I paused. My dad's voice <laughs> slipped into my mind, calm and poised. And I was kind of in a hurry. Like, I don't need, like, it'll take forever to go outside and open up the electrical panel and flip the switch. I, that could take like 90 seconds to get all the way out there. To, but I was calm and I was poised. And I asked myself, how long would it really take to go out and do that? Maybe 90 seconds. And if I died, how long would that last if I got a you? That'd last a long time. Yeah, just, just a little pause. And, and this is proof that I'm becoming more and more of an adult, okay? Just so we're, just so we're all clear, right? I got up and I went out and I flipped the breaker off. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Glenn is growing up. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, <clears throat> see? Just pause and ask yourself a question. And what you find is, you, right, that question might be a really good question. So learn to pause. Second thing is ask the question, right? Ask the question. And, and that first question is, again, am I being honest with myself? There's something that I'm thinking about doing or wanting to do. And am I being honest about what's motivating me in this? Am I being fully uh, honest, right? And, and, and at this point, don't worry. I really want to say this. When you start asking the questions, don't worry about the action that you feel like you'll have to take based on the answer that you'll get because then you'll start selling yourself on the wrong answer. Trust yourself enough to just say, you know what? Um, I'm going to be honest about the answer that I get to this question. Then I get to decide what I'll do about it. But start with asking yourself, like, really, what's the question I need to ask? And what's the real answer? Be honest. And, and if there's a motive that you see in there and you go, gosh, I, like, I'm wanting to do this because I'm just in a big hurry and I don't want to fiddle around with this electrical thing or anything. Like, okay, that, that's honest. But there's some other questions that I started asking in that that started leading to a different answer. Um, that relationship that you're just like, oh, I want this to work. I want this to work. And you just like, and if you stop, ask yourself the question, what's, what's the honest truth here? 
you might find that you go, you know, it's less that I really think this is the right person I need to be pursuing a romantic or long-term relationship with. It's just I got a lot of loneliness right now. Okay. That, see that honesty? Like, and both are okay. It, it's like, get to the answer and you'll find, right, that the decision-making part of it is going to become a lot more healthy. So pause, ask the question with honesty, and then third, now decide what you want to do about that. Um, uh, make the decision. But now see how you're making the decision in a way that's informed you in a little bit healthier, better way. Um, I had a woman who came and talked with me and she said, you know, um, uh, and it was on this subject and she had gotten herself in just terrible financial straits. She had had all this uh, debt and in over her head and she had finally gotten uh, rid of the debt and everything. And she, and she shared this, so she's sharing the story with me after the fact. And she said, um, I realized like so much of the debt I had was credit card debt and I was shopping and I was buying lots of clothes and all this other stuff and it was more than I needed, whatever. And she said, when I was finally honest with myself, her words, when I was finally honest with myself, I realized that what I was doing was when I was feeling lonely or sad, I dealt with it by going shopping, she said, right? And she kind of laughed at herself. And she said, I would have never admitted that at first, but finally I got to the place where I realized that's what I was doing. And someone gave me a term for this. It's uh, retail therapy or something like this. Uh, there's some term for this, like, right? And she realized this. And so she, so, so, right? So she paused she asked the question, she's like, mm, and she said, I didn't like it very much, but I realized this is true. This is what's really happening. And so then she, then she I love her answer to this. She said, so then you know what I started doing? I started saying to myself, hey, I'm feeling a little lonely right now. And instead of going shopping, I'm going to just go to retail stores and try on clothing. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to buy anything, but I'm going to get out and I'm going to talk with people. And I love trying on clothes. So I'm going to go out and try. She said, now I've even found healthier ways. Like I actually went to counseling and actually started working on this and more. But you know, her next step was a better step than going into more debt. It was actually just, you know, go try on some clothes and then leave the clothes there and leave. And you're choosing a better move. It was like, it was a great next step. But she did it because she started asking the question, am I being honest with myself? And as she started becoming honest with herself, it started leading to different answers and different decisions that actually put her in a place where, see, she thought she had a financial problem. And she sort of did. But the truth is that wasn't her, her financial problem went away on its own as she started being honest with herself and trusting Christ to walk with her in this deeper problem that she was facing. And that's what Peter finds in this moment is that Jesus was there to walk with him through the deeper issues. And friends, that's what you will find. But it starts with, right, pause, ask the questions, and then make a decision take some action. And if you do that, if you're, the more honest you are, the more you will find that you're making better decisions. And if you make better decisions, you'll have a better what? Life. That's right. Why don't you stand? And I'm going to close this in prayer.
prayer here. And let me just say, if you're, a, if you're here this morning and you'd love to just have someone uh, pray with you or for you, I wanna invite you. We've got some wonderful people over at our prayer place here and they would love to pray with you this morning. Or if you're new or visiting or just checking out the church, I'm gonna be right over here next to these high top tables. I'd love to just shake your hand and uh, welcome you here this uh, morning. Let me pray and we'll be dismissed. Father, we just thank you so much for the wisdom that is in scripture. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ who walks with us with acceptance and grace, with a guiding uh, hand to help lead us towards the life that you would have for us. And we pray that we would trust your son, Jesus, more and more in all of the decisions that we make. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Have a great Sunday and we'll see you next week.